Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. All right, today we're going to talk about how to increase your earned income fast, relatively speaking. To start off, I want to set your expectations. When I say fast, it is not weeks or months, but rather years. In my last episode about budgeting, I explained why it is important to think long-term and to be patient. So a couple of years is really a relatively short time span. At least I'm not talking about decades. To cite Buffett again, because I actually think this one is pretty funny. No matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. The other aspect I want to clarify right off the bat is that this episode is not for everyone. These tips and tricks are what worked for me and what I observed from people around me. Those of us who are nerds and have been professionally trained to be very specialized, or at least who have the willingness and aptitude for this kind of route. You all know those billionaires who never finished college or even attended one. So if you're very entrepreneurial and just want to start your business right away, go for it. That being said, at the time of this episode, I do believe the wealthiest person in the world is Elon Musk. With $269 billion of net worth, Musk did attend and finish college from the University of Pennsylvania. He even attended Stanford University for a PhD program for two years. The second wealthiest person, Jeff Bezos, also attended and finished college at Princeton University. The businesses that made these men wealthy were also a long time coming. It was not an overnight success by any means. Okay, back to the topic. The reason why I want to do this episode is that I don't want you to fall into the trap of thinking there is a get-rich-fast route by just doing something on the side. I've seen so many gurus trying to sell courses that have a get-rich-fast sounding headline. Here is a typical pitch. I want to show you how to make six or seven or eight figure income without any background or training. I have a proprietary and proven system and I'll show you step by step by step how to do this. Click the link below for a free training. Being curious, you may take the training since what the heck, it's free. The training, of course, introduces the masterclass, which is on sale for those of you who attended the free training. And if you sign up right now, you can get a huge discount. So you sign up for the masterclass, which costs you thousands of dollars. But hey, if you can make so much more money from the masterclass, what's a few thousand dollars? You attend the training and feel like there was good content, good tips and tricks, good logic and thinking. But then what happens? You realize it takes a lot more time than you think to implement these. There is too much competition out there and or some of the tips and tricks simply do not work in reality. This is actually a semi-good scenario and you at least learn something. But perhaps it's just because you're not cut out for it and you do not have the time or energy to implement the proven system. A worse scenario is one of those pyramid schemes because all you hear in those trainings is how those trainers changed their lives because they signed up for this program and you can do the same without any substantive content. Hate to break it to you, but that's how a pyramid scheme works. 
They just want you to believe this makes money, and you can go try to convince other people the same. How do I know? Take a wild guess. Yes, I've been through those scenarios firsthand. I was also fooled and believed there is an easier way out. I hated my job when I first started, and maybe just like you, I listened to those gurus and wanted to believe I can get rich fast by just doing the side thing. Don't get me wrong, investing works, including investing in real estate, which is my passion. That's also what made me a millionaire. But I didn't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars for these classes or programs. I could have done the same by reading books, listening to podcasts, actually going out and networking, and best of all, learning by doing. But you know what kept me afloat to afford those real estate investments while allowing me to raise a family? My professional career. Yes, the one I mentioned that I started out hating. Because of my side adventures, I actually wasn't able to spend as much time to fast track my career as I would otherwise have been able to. That said, I was able to double my income from six figures to multi six figures in less than ten years. Yes, ten years is a long time, but a lot has happened in these ten years. I got married, bought our primary residence, had two kids, and purchased eighteen rental units. I also intentionally downgraded my career track because I needed more work-life balance to care for my young family. Lastly, I started a YouTube channel for my kids in December 2020, and a podcast this year. I came to a daunting realization after a full gut job to renovate our last real estate purchase, a six-unit multifamily that we purchased and renovated with a hard money loan. It's definitely another topic for another long episode. But the daunting realization for me is that the highest and best use of our time is increasing our earned income instead of chasing after contractors and all the admin aspects that go with it, like getting permits. What we're good at is being the money partner in real estate investing and providing the money through earned income. Anyway, looking back at what have helped me with my career, I summarized the following seven tips. Number one. Grinded out in the early years, when you are young and without a family, that is the time to do the grinding. Maybe it was my upbringing, but I do believe the value of delayed gratification. In this day and age, there is too much pressure to live it up, as they say, YOLO. For those of you who don't know, it stands for you only live once. As an economist, though, statistically speaking, you are much more likely to have to live long enough to face the consequences. Of not being thoughtful enough when you are young, than dying too early to not be able to enjoy yourself. So you do have to think about your future. You probably have heard "no pain, no gain," and you put in what you get out. You can get an easy job and quote unquote enjoy your life now, but chances are that the career growth is not great. Nowadays, with technology, the easy jobs are definitely most prone to being replaced. Number two. Pick the path of least resistance. By this, I mean you want to pick a career path that potentially makes you the highest income with the least amount of investment to get there. Yes, you can make a lot of money as lawyers and doctors, but the amount of education and therefore the amount of debt you need to accumulate is also tremendously high. At the end of the day, it might not be worthwhile because these professions are not as lucrative as they once were. And the cost of getting those degrees keeps going up. More importantly, there is a concept called opportunity cost, 
while you spent those years away accumulating the education needed, you could have been making money at another job or career. Last but not least, these professions are associated with long hours and high stress. Both of them have been ranked on the top of the list of professions with the highest suicide rates. Number three, niche down to a very specialized area where there is a high demand for the skill set. As they say, the riches are in the niches. The reason why many artists are struggling financially is because there is not enough demand, but plenty of supply. In other words, the skill set is not niche enough. Unless you become the one in a million that produces works of art that are so unique, and you are then truly the one and only. On the other hand, software engineers, data analysts, app developers, and similar tech talents are making multi-six figures with only a few years of experience because there is such a demand for these skill sets nowadays. And these skill sets are still niche enough before the supply of such talents catches up. I'm not saying that you should chase after the hottest area and retrain yourself all the time. Truth be told, not everybody is cut out for a tech job. I, for example, cannot code for heaven's sake. I took some programming classes in my college and graduate school days, and debugging is the worst possible thing I felt like I could do. And don't even mention the professional ailments like the carpal tunnel syndrome. I hate it when I have shoulder pain from using the mouse too much. But I can at least break up my day between sitting in front of the computer versus other activities. Anyway. What I'm advocating is to find an area you do have an aptitude for, and niche down to a sub-area that's very specialized and has a high demand. For me, the area is within economic consulting, and the sub-area is its application in taxation. You might ask, what if that is not the area that I'm passionate about? I don't want to just make money by doing something I hate. Aren't so many gurus just teaching that you should follow your passion? Fair point. Well, I don't necessarily think there is a conflict between the two pieces of advice. There is a great book on this topic titled "So Good They Can't Ignore You: Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love" by Cal Newport. The author went into many examples and made a very convincing case that when you get so good at something, you develop a passion for it instead of the other way around. He used. Examples of successful comedians, news anchors, and of course, business people. The example that struck me the most is the one for Steve Jobs. Even though Jobs himself may have advocated to follow your passion, if you look at his actual personal trajectory, it's really hard pressed to say that his passion was to build a tech company. He was in the pursuit of being a Zen master. He stayed in India for months and seriously considered moving to Japan. Before he was even in his 20s, but we can't argue the fact that he got really, really, really good at building personal computers, cell phones, and other peripheral products with Apple. Point is, you have to get really good at something that distinguishes you from competition, and the passion actually follows suit. Number four, keep learning and stay relevant. Change is hard for a lot of people. But we all know that with the rapid pace of technological advancements, the more "quote-unquote" routine your job is, the more likely that your job may be replaced or outsourced. On this point, I actually get inspired by watching my kids when they have to learn how to crawl, how to walk, 
how to talk, and now reading, math, and computer skills. It was definitely very hard at the beginning. I sometimes forget, since these skills are so basic and second nature to me, how difficult it can be for them. So I'm encouraged to know that if I keep learning, the seemingly difficult stuff can become basic and second nature to me at some point. Instead of dreading learning new things, I embrace it and make it fun instead. Nowadays, with Coursera and the platforms alike, you can learn anything. To be honest, even on YouTube, there's so much gold out there. I've taken two professional courses taught by legit college professors in order to enhance my knowledge in adjacent areas of my work, which were both posted on YouTube for free for people to consume. Best part is now I know exactly what this knowledge is going to be used for. It is much more fun learning about it. Number five, be vocal, network, and advocate for yourself. I'm the worst self-advocator because of my personality, cultural background, and upbringing. But over the years, I've come to realize how important it is. Many times, I severely underestimated myself and had significant self-doubt, but was proven wrong. I was born in a third-world country, was the first person in my family to go to college, and against all odds, got a full scholarship from a prestigious university in the U.S. for a PhD program. I still doubted myself as I ventured into the professional world. Thanks to my mentors, I've realized that I'm viewed much more positively by others than myself, and they'd vouch for me through my career advancements. So I'm forced to change my own perception through such experiences firsthand, and to learn from the peers around me who are much better at these aspects. I'm still not great at it, but getting better. I'm more vocal. And I try to network more and advocate for myself more. Through that, I did get more opportunities for the rare projects that can really enhance my skills and further get my name out there. Number six, think strategically and think big picture. Like Tony Robbins once said, and I'm heavily paraphrasing here: "You are paid by the value you create. It's not about how hard you work or the hours you work. It's about the value you bring." His stepdad worked something like five jobs, but all minimum wage type of gigs, so he was not making that much money, and he spent most of it on alcohol anyway. Whereas some wealth management professionals can make millions of dollars a year because they can bring in 40% plus returns on a multiple year basis. That's a lot of value on a compounded basis. So there's your answer: by thinking strategically and thinking big picture. You can figure out where you can bring in the most significant amount of value to the people and organizations you serve, and rest assured, you will be rewarded handsomely in return. Last but not least, and again, this is going to sound controversial, personal finance cat style. Don't be afraid to jump ship if a better opportunity presents itself. Oftentimes, people get comfortable with their existing job because familiarity is good and change is bad. However, the only thing that is constant is change. From what I observe, many people have been able to fast track their career growth because they are willing to change jobs, employers, or even professions. This is actually mutually beneficial for the person's career growth and the company who hires such a person, because said person can bring a wide range of experiences and a different way of thinking to benefit the company. An incestuous company lacks the quote-unquote fresh blood and is likely to be stuck in the same way of thinking and cease to make major progress. 
From my personal experience, I definitely have been glad to have changed my job for the first time. It's probably the best decision I could have made for myself and my family. I was really burnt out, and the career path at my first job was getting too competitive and stressful, much more so than it already was. At the end of the day, it's a job based on billable hours, which is the worst kind in my mind, because you are punished for being efficient, and it's like a pie-eating contest with the ultimate reward being more pies. By switching out of that job, I got a slight pay bump. But more importantly, my hourly rate increased much more significantly because I work much less. Also, a much larger portion of my compensation is in the form of bonus and stock-based compensation, which is actually good because it forces me to think long-term and restrict my monthly spending. The big benefit of a job like this is that the better work-life balance allows me to focus more on child rearing, which I would have otherwise paid other people to do, or sacrificed my health. To do it all myself. It also allows me to do side gigs like this podcast, which hopefully will one day generate passive income for me. On the other hand, I do believe I brought value to the company I switched to. Guess how I knew? My boss told me that I was brilliant, and they wanted me to stay for a long time. In other words, it's not just me believing that I'm bringing in value. All right, this is it, my friends. It seems that my episodes are getting longer and longer, but hopefully you got some value out of it. If you can't tell because of my calm voice, I'm very passionate about these topics because I personally lived through them. I want to share my experiences so that it can potentially help other people like you. I do believe we live in a great time with great opportunities. There is so much we can do and achieve. If we can take care of the personal finance side of things, be it leisure or business. Before signing out, please share this with your friends and/or leave a review if you find it helpful. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for sticking around, and I'll catch you next time.